The world is crazy, it's pretty clear. You need to know why, how it affects the lives of those we hold so dear. I can't explain everything, but together, maybe we can find our way. Aren't you tired of the violence, the hatred, the racism? We need a brand new day. And what about climate change, housing that's substandard but still unaffordable, and our public education system that favors some and leaves so many others behind? But who's going to pay? And then there are the jobs with wages so low they make you feel worthless as you struggle to pay the rent and all the other bills piled high. Yes, we need a brand new day. Is there enough hope among us to overcome despair? Enough wisdom to overcome ignorance? Enough generosity to overcome deprivation? Enough goodness to overcome all those who claim to be patriots but hate their government? We need a brand new day. That's right, a brand new day. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, only on WDIY, and I'm your host, Alan Jennings. And that would be me. You're listening to the award-winning Jennings Report on WDIY. On Friday, I was lucky enough to join James Johnson and Allison Del Rey in Harrisburg at the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters' annual awards luncheon. And uh, amazingly enough, I got one of those awards, and I'm proud of that. The station got five altogether, the same number as KYW in Philadelphia. Pretty impressive. Happy to be a part of it. Tonight, we want to help you figure out what to do in the new 134th Legislative District, which is essentially South Allentown and uh, the area from South Allentown into Emmaus. It's an unusual change to the district where there is nobody running for re-election in that seat, except Pete Schweier is now in that district, which puts him in the position to run against a challenger. Indeed, two years ago, Enid Santiago challenged fellow Democrat Pete Schweier and almost pulled it off. And the ramifications of this particular race apply well beyond the district's voters. In this particular race is an interesting little battle. You've got Latino candidates who believe that there should be better representation in the city of Allentown of the Latino community. And Pete Schweier happens to be a white guy like me. Welcome to the Jennings Report, State Representative Peter Schweier. Alan, it's great to see you again. Welcome. I'm glad you're able to be with us. You've been in the legislature for a long time. So uh, you've got an interesting situation. I think you're going to hear that the, the two candidates' uh, voting records are, would be similar and there would be one primary difference between the two candidates. So, so I'm going to ask Peter, starting with you, Peter, uh, on this question in particular, that if you, know, if you and Enid had the same voting record, the reason why sh- you should vote for Enid over you is because she is Latina. That's a tough position for a Democrat to argue against because though their voters are essentially our voters, or Democratic voters, I should say. And so what do you make of a position like that? Vote for Enid because she is Latina. I I fundamentally disagree with the premise of your question, Alan. There is no way to know what Ms. Santiago's voting record would be in Harrisburg because she's literally never held public office before. And that's not a disqualifier by any stretch of the imagination. Everybody starts off somewhere. Uh, But there are other reasons to consider a candidate. My long history of support for the Allentown School District, the fact that my children are students in the Allentown School District. I'm the first state representative since at the very least the 1970s to send their kids to the Allentown School District. Uh, The fact that my family's lived in Allentown for generations. I'm not somebody who moved into Allentown in the last five or ten years to run for office, uh, uh, unlike some people that I know. 
Uh, I, my family has lived there literally for generations. In fact, to my knowledge, I'm the sixth generation Allentown resident in my family. And my, and my uh, daughters are seventh generation Allentown residents. Uh, I, so I have a long history of public service, having served in the legislature for eight years, and, having a, and have a record that people could actually look at and actually evaluate. I have a long history of bringing back a tremendous amount of support for, this, for, the, for the region, whether it's dollars for our hospital networks during COVID, uh, when COVID struck and we, couldn't, we didn't have enough uh, access to the internet for our students. Uh, I, was able, I was able to secure a grant uh, a very roundabout way, but I was able to secure a grant to make sure that every child had access to the internet so that they can get some level of education during uh, during COVID. And and uh, and, the, and prior to that, I served on city council for for six years. So I have a long history that is proven history. I have a verifiable history uh, of uh, of service to our community, and I think all of those are are factors that should be considered as well. Just simply looking at the, the demographic of a, a person, the racial and ethnic background is certainly valuable, and I'm certainly not uh, saying that there that there isn't a validity to that. However, the su- fundamental difference between the two of us uh, is one of record versus a complete and total unknown. I actually have no idea how she would vote on anything. What's the most important legislative proposal that is the least likely to be passed in the legislature? What, in other words, what issue do you want to see a solution for? that you know has no chance of actually getting pulled off. It's easily the fair funding formula for education. So it's not, it's not simply a proposal. It's, it's moving as much, if not all, of our education dollars into the fair funding proposal. Let's take a step back. Eight years ago, the legislature passed a program called the fair funding formula. And what, it, what that did was it would start creating a situation where we're funding our schools in a in a manner that is logical that takes uh, that takes everything from population growth to special education funding to charter school penetration to uh, English as a second language and a number of factors into how we fund the programs. Problem with this bill is that it was only for new money. So when we increase funding by a hundred million or two hundred million in Harrisburg, that goes through the fair funding formula. But all of our historic funding doesn't. That impacts not only the Allentown and Bethlehem and urban districts in the Lehigh Valley, but that impacts all of our growing districts, including the East Penn School District and the Salisbury School District, which are now also part of the 134th legislative district that I hope to continue to represent. So all three school districts that the 134th district would represent are losing money every year from Harrisburg, not just Allentown, but East Penn and Salisbury as well, because we have not passed the fair funding formula. The reason why it won't happen is very simple. There are too many school districts, mostly in western Pennsylvania, north, northern, northern Pennsylvania, including northeast Pennsylvania, that would lose money out of this deal. And, you know, candidly speaking, there are just too many legislators in those areas. So the best thing that we could do to help promote equity, the best thing that we could do to help promote adequacy in education would be to put all of our dollars into the fair funding formula. That's not going to happen, but there are solutions around it. There are ways that we can play catch up. What I've been impressed by is the level of support that the superintendents of most of the school districts in Lehigh Valley have shown toward this kind of activity. They don't want to lose money, of course, that's understandable, but they've been very supportive of additional funds and all of those additional funds going into the urban, you know, especially challenged school districts. So that's, that's, I think, a step in the right direction. I'm not even sure that gets passed in a state controlled by Republicans in a legislature. Honestly, it won't pass with a, with a legislature controlled strictly by Democrats either. The number one school district that would lose money 
in the in the fair funding uh, uh, shuffle is the Pittsburgh school district mm-hmm. because their population has has dramatically shrunk over the course of the last right. twenty or thirty years. Now, again, just to get in perspective for folks back home, basically what we're saying is there's so much money available for education. How are we divvying it up? And and so my hope is that we're able to divvy it up into the districts that are growing that have more stu- students, the districts that have higher uh, special education needs. Ones that have higher levels of poverty, ones that have higher levels of English as a second language, and higher levels of charter school penetration. Those are cost drivers to our school district. But I don't want to get lost in phrases like cost drivers and fair funding formula. Basically, what we really are talking about is making sure that our kids have the resources that they need to be successful. My kids, like I said, are in the Allentown School District. We, The principal at William Allen High School, where my daughter's a freshman, makes less than the assistant principal at the at Liberty High School, mm. which is another urban district right. here in the Bethlehem School District. Mm. We lost a school nurse, my daughter's school nurse in her elementary school to a suburban district because she was making $20,000 a year or more uh, for to be a school nurse in another district. I don't blame that nurse. Right. I don't blame that school district for trying to fill a need. But it demonstrates an inequity between our school districts. We, we lose teachers on a regular basis, and Alan, your kids went, to, went through the Allentown School District. We are losing teachers at an alarming rate everywhere across Pennsylvania because education is sort of a, a, a challenging, a specifically challenging field this year. But our urban, our, our urban uh, districts are losing teachers at an extraordinarily alarming rate. They're going to other districts that, make more mo- that, that pay more money and, frankly, have in some cases a, 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 a different, more relaxed work environment. Well, that's not fair to the 16,000-plus kids that we educate in Allentown. Right. And so what we – and that's not fair to the kids in East Penn. That's not fair to the kids in Salisbury. I met with two school board members from the Salisbury School District just recently, and they were telling me about the difficulties they're having in filling Spanish teachers and filling guidance counselors and all those other support, support, mechan- support mm-hmm. systems in the building. At, at the same time, they're seeing a significant increase in Spanish-speaking kids, a, sp- a significant increase in special oh, education. Yeah. And so as a result of that, our growing districts throughout the Lehigh Valley deserve this. And if I could wave a magic wand and fix this, I would do it tomorrow. This past week, the Supreme Court of the United States whacked Americans upside the head when we learned that it is poised to toss out Roe versus Wade. Pennsylvania has a history. It's not been a good one. There is, of course, the Planned Parenthood versus uh, Casey law that is part of the Supreme Court's considerations. I think, I, you know, you can expect, I think, Pennsylvania to be the only state in the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic states to be anti-choice. That should have ramifications not just for health care, but just development in general. You know, there's going to be a movement of people from one state to another because of this activity. What do you think this legislature is going to do if this proposal is, is as real as apparently it, it is. Well, I don't want to look at it from the perspective of economic development. I want to look at it from an issue Absolutely. of fairness, uh, of, uh, of women's rights, of, uh, 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 from a perspective of justice, and from a perspective of a doctor-patient relationship, which should be sacrosanct in our, st- in our state and in our nation. You know, before I was elected, I, I worked at uh, Sacred Heart Hospital, which, of course, followed the Catholic uh, doctrine, which was their choice. But patients that were seeking 
uh, family planning services seeking uh, uh, hormone therapy in some cases if they were uh, a person that was transitioning or trans or trans fluid. Uh, people that were looking for abortion services had Planned Parenthood three blocks away. St. Luke's and Lehigh Valley Hospital around the corner from, from Sacred Heart had options. So people always had options and, and availability. Whatever happened in the conversations between the patient and the doctor was between the patient and the doctor and should remain there. The patient had the, the, always had the right and the ability to go find care that was appropriate, that was accessible, and that was affordable to them. That's extraordinarily important to us. So I don't want to lose sight of what we're facing here. The leaked document was shocking, but not surprising. We knew that the minute that the Merrick Garland uh, uh, Supreme Court justice was stolen away from us, that the courts were going to move in a radically conservative direction. Uh, so we're, I'm concerned not only about, uh, about a woman's right to choose and abortion services, which again should absolutely be protected under law and protected by the courts, but I'm worried long-term about gay marriage. I'm worried about a, a lot of things that the, the extreme radical right has been taking aim at for a long time. You know, Alan, I'm a firm believer that when somebody shows you who they are, you better believe them. For 30 years, my colleagues in the, in the Republican-controlled legislature, because let's remember, Democrats have not controlled the state Senate except for one year because of a party switch since 1980. Hmm. I was two. I was two years old. Hmm. I am going to be 44 years old. Yeah, I think Pennsylvania is a red state. I don't know why we call it blue because or purple. We, because we continue to win statewide races. You know, Senate, Governor— we win attorney general. We win Supreme Court justices. We win when the state is not gerrymandered. But when the state is gerrymandered, we lose. Hmm. You know, we, see, we saw it with our, with our, uh, with our congressional delegation. Uh, when we ungerrymandered the maps, we had, an eight, eight, or we had a 9-9 split in our, in our congressional delegation, and we were finally to elect, uh, able to elect several women, to the, uh, four women, to, the, uh, uh, to, uh, to Congress in a, in a state that didn't have one female uh, as a uh, member of Congress. So, uh, it, it, so, um, uh, so getting back to what do I think the, uh, the, the, the General Assembly will do, well, again, Alan, when people show you who they are, you have to believe them. And over the, my eight years, I'm 100% pro-choice. I want to make that abundantly clear. I support a woman's right to choose. I support a woman's right to get have access to an abortion, to family planning services, and to every, anything else that they choose to that they and their doctor uh, uh, agree upon. They, uh, the, the legislature has pushed heartbeat ban bills and bills that would restrict abortion to 15 weeks and 12 weeks and 10 weeks. We've seen really cynical pieces of legislation trying to very, very subtly chip away at a, at a person's, uh, a woman's right to choose by going after things like Down syndrome, as if anybody is having an abortion based on Down syndrome. It's silly and stupid and it's cynical. Yeah. And, and, and in many ways, most emotionally disturbing. My Republican, and it's always a Republican bill. The Republicans have pushed a bill that would mandate that anybody who had an abortion or a miscarriage Instead of, uh, instead of letting a hospital facility or a medical facility dispose of any biological tissue that may be left over, uh, they are requiring a funeral. Isn't that cynical? It's Isn't that disgusting. disgustingly cynical? I've had colleagues stand up on the floor of the house. And let's be honest, the floor of the house can be a little rambunctious, a little, a little ruckus at times. And, you know, you'll have members that will they'll chat, they'll, you know, meander around on the back of the floor, they'll go get a cup of coffee, what have you. And very rarely, very rarely will you see the, the floor get quiet. Well, you'll have members 
that that have spoken up about their own their own miscarriages, their own abortions, and you'll hear the floor get quiet. And we're still pushing bills that would put the, put their mental health at risk and and just be super cynical and super terrible. I'm just about out of time. I'm going to give you one word questions. You increase the minimum wage to fifteen dollars. Yes. Index it to inflation. Yes. What about legalization of marijuana? Yes. We're out of time. Pete Schweier, currently state state representative for four terms now, um, running against uh, a primary opponent, Enid Santiago, who we'll be speaking with shortly. Peter, I've known you for a long time. Good luck to you. Thank you, Alan. And we'll it's good see seeing you, you soon. Take care. You're listening to WDIY. This is listener-supported public radio. I'm your host, Alan Jennings. This is the Jennings Report. Stick around. We're going to talk to Enid Santiago. WDIY News engages the Lehigh Valley with accurate, unbiased reporting from many sources with volunteer, real voices providing context and definition for thought. For WDIY News, I'm Sarit Lashinsky. For WDIY News, I'm Marcy Lightwood. For WDIY News, I'm Mike Flynn. Listen to WDIY News during Morning Edition. Fresh air and all things considered daily here on WDIY. Streaming on WDIY.org and on the WDIY phone app. Welcome back. I'm Alan Jennings. This is the Jennings Report on WDIY. Some would argue that throwing out a five-term member like Pete Schweier just to give uh, Latinos another elected uh, would be, well, anti-democratic. So you've got two different views. Some would say that we've got to do everything we can to get Latinos elected and able to represent their constituency as a growing constituency in our community. So I'd like to welcome to the show Enid Santiago. Welcome to the Jennings Report. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for inviting me. We're glad to have you. Um, Enid is an activist in Allentown. And Enid, what I'd like to do is give you a minute or two to just introduce yourself to the listeners of WDIY. Well, my name is Enid Santiago. I am a candidate for the newly redrawn District 134th. I am a community activist, community leader, so my brother say. I'm also a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a grandmother, which is possibly the reason why I continue to fight as hard as I do for my grandbaby's future. And I am just completely ready to represent our diverse community in Harrisburg. Right now, we have two white males that are representing a diverse city that is minority, majority, Latinx. And if we do not change that with the new District 22nd, we're going to have three men that are going to be representing a minority, majority Latino district. So if you were going into the legislature, what is the single issue that you think is the most pressing and what does it take to get the legislature to support it? Well, the single issue, that is definitely very difficult with as many issues as we really need to work on. Um, but I will say possibly the toughest one is going to be education. I mean, we generally need an equal, fair school funding. Since 2016, when the fair funding formula was passed, we have only been receiving a small portion 
of the funding that we should be receiving in the community. Only new money goes through that funding. We need 100% of the funding to go through that formula. It's interesting. You and Pete uh, Schweier have similar views on that. What is the political dynamic that puts us in a situation? I mean, we've got uh, what, what, what amazes me is Brown versus Board of Education was a, a Supreme Court decision that was done in 1954 that was going to radically change fairness in how we run public education for people of color and their white counterparts. That progress is lost. We have made no progress in my judgment. Um, so what is going to be the political strategy for getting that most fundamental of economic justice issues done right in Pennsylvania? So I generally believe that we need to be able to work across party aisles. Um, unfortunately, my opponent has been in office since 2014. I believe he already had his chance at doing this and has not been able to accomplish. So it's time for someone else to go in and take a shot at making this happen. We absolutely need equal fair school funding. We cannot continue having someone say, hey, we found millions of dollars under the rug, let's save the Allentown School District again. No, something needs to change, and absolutely, when someone had the opportunity for, to do this and has not been able to, it's time for somebody else to try it. So the, the, the math here is that Latinos are the majority in Allentown, but Latinos also notoriously don't vote to the same levels that other groups do. And some would argue, look, if you're not going to vote, you're not going to stand up for yourself, then you're going to lose out. So what is being done to get more Latinos to actually participate in the, elected, you know, in the election process so that Enid Santiago and others um, of Latino descent can, can run and get elected? So I guess that all depends um, from what point of view, right? It would be easy for someone to say they don't want to vote, they're not standing up for themselves. However, when you're not being given any reason to show up, simply because none of the legislation is really working in your favor, what is the reason why you need to come out every single year and do this? In 2020, we had the highest voter turnout in the history of the 22nd District primary. So it was generally the highest we have ever seen. That is because you had a candidate that alienated with the people. They saw hope. The Latino community saw someone that could actually represent them, that cared about their issues, that was sitting out here feeding the own shelter with them, that was helping them get laptops and hotspots in the middle of the pandemic, that was passing food and PPE, myself not sending a team out or dropping a donation. So when you see someone that is fighting and that looks like you and understands you, you will come out, and we actually proved that in 2020. So this is definitely what we're going to be doing again in 2022. You know, last week, the Supreme Court sort of surprised but didn't really surprise everybody. Apparently, pending decision to abandon Roe versus Wade is, um, is out there. What is your position on attack on Roe versus Wade, and what do we do about any problems that could resolve? As a woman, it's very sad that we are hearing someone attacking or rights, right, or reproductive rights to do whatever we choose to do with our body. I do not believe anyone has the authority to tell any woman what to do with her body. That is between her and her doctor. Nobody else should be getting involved. However, if this does come down to that, I am a woman. I am a woman that benefited from, from Planned Parenthood for many, many years since I was young. I was a teenage mother. That is where I want to see my medical, uh, my medical treatment. Definitely, I will be fighting for Roe versus Wade. You need a woman in Harrisburg to understand this. A man could only fight so much. I am fighting for my life. I am fighting for my granddaughter's life. So 
So this is going to be the fight of all of our lives. You know, it seems like we're fighting on every day on everything. You know what I mean? It's just like all, any progress that this country has made is under attack, doesn't it? It is absolutely under attack. And just to, to give you an idea of why this is so personal, I am a woman. I am Latina. I come from a very poor background. I am gay. Definitely, it feels like every battle that is going out there is a direct attack on my existence. This is why I fight as hard as I do. This is why I never stop. This is why we don't give up. This is why on Mother's Day weekend we were canvassing. This is why we were canvassing on the downpour that we just saw this weekend. This is not just politics. I am not a politician. This is literally my livelihood. Are you listening to uh, the Jennings Report on WDIY, uh, listener-supported public radio? This is Anid Santiago joining me. I'm Alan Jennings, the host of the Jennings Report. And this is uh, two equal-time interviews, one with State Representative Pete Schweier, the incumbent, and his challenger, Enid Santiago. Enid, the minimum wage, I, I would think this would be an easy one, but where are you on a $15 an hour minimum wage? Oh, my God. We not only need $15 an hour minimum wage, but we need inflation to um, start catching up to that. Realistically, our minimum wage should be like $20 an hour, not 15 So we absolutely need to pass the $15 minimum wage. That is something that I campaigned on in 2020. And here I am in 2022, still fighting and still advocating for the same issues. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually really frustrating that, you know, I think during the course of my time at the Community Action Committee of Lehigh Valley, I think we raised the minimum wage maybe three times, and it took a nasty fight every time we did it. You know, the indexing it for inflation is, is what gets us out of not, of, you know, of having that battle over and over, right? That, that, that's really the key, I think, to this, this proposal. Absolutely, absolutely. We need that inflation to go with the changes. And we need to make sure that everybody's covering this. We need to make sure that, you know, um, our waitresses are covering this $15 minimum wage increase, that everybody's covered, that we don't leave anyone behind. Coming from, I am someone that is poor. I was raised poor my entire life. I lived on minimum wage as a teenage mother. And that is something that is not humane. I literally have to have two jobs and figure out how to still take care of my children. I mean, it, it is something that you should not have to live like that. Nobody should have to have two jobs. You know, I, I can't forget having to miss my son's entire senior year of football because I had to work two jobs and couldn't take off work. Every single bill was tagged in with every dollar, that I, every hour that I was working. Yeah, I don't think people understand how challenging it is to be a single parent. You are sandwiched between two generations in need. Your, your kids... And your uh, your your grandparents. That's that's a lot of work. I'm fully understand. I hope people are sympathetic to that. Mental health. I think of that mental health and drug addiction. What we broadly call behavioral health. I think it's the weakest link in our healthcare system, and it's one of the most uh, misunderstood issues. Do you have a position on mental health in Pennsylvania? What needs to be done to 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 make that system work better? We need Medicare for all. I mean, flat out, we need Medicare for all. That will take care of mental health. We also need to understand the complexity between the mental health and the criminal justice system. Many people do not link them, and you absolutely have to. We are criminalizing mental health. We are criminalizing people that are going into crisis because they don't have medications, because they can't go to therapy. Because when you sign up for a rehab center, they kick you out within a week because that is all that is covered. So it is, it is mental health. It is criminal justice. 
all lined up in the same thing. We are criminalizing our mental health patients. That should never happen. As a co-founder of a nonprofit that deals with women coming home from incarceration, I am seeing this every day, and it is heartbreaking. The issue of legalized marijuana, we are increasingly surrounded by states that are, you know, drawing people from Pennsylvania into their state to, you know, when they go, they don't just buy marijuana. They stop it for lunch, maybe. They get gas at the local uh, gas station. They might stop into a store. What is your position on the legalization of recreational use of marijuana? So it's the same as it was in 2020 when it was not a popular thing to, to say. We need to, we need to absolutely legalize recreational marijuana. Every state that has legalized that has seen an immense amount of funding coming in. We do not need to be criminalizing and penalizing people who smoke marijuana. We absolutely need to make sure that we collect revenue for this. We need to decriminalize marijuana right away. This is something that needs to happen and is going to help the economy hugely. You're listening to the Jennings Report on WDIY. I'm Alan Jennings, your host. Ina Santiago, my guest for the election that's coming up on Tuesday. Ina, we have about a minute. If you could just take that minute to give a final pitch for why people should vote for you over Pete Schweier. I'm asking everyone to please go into my website, send me a message, check out my social media. I am a woman. I have not stopped fighting. My petitions were just challenged. I was never supposed to beat that challenge. I did. This is what I do. I will never stop fighting for what I believe in. Please come out on May 17. Shoot us a message if you're having any issues at the polls that you're attending. Make sure that you reach out to us. If you're not able to get to the polls, we will make sure that provide you transportation to get there. We need a woman, and we need diversity in Harrisburg. We cannot continue voting for the same person and expecting something to change. It's not going to happen. We have a brand-new blended district that needs fresh representation, and you're the only one that could make that happen. So I'm really hoping that you could follow me, send me a message, and again, I am someone that will be at your door every day of the week. If you have any questions, I will come and see you. EnetSantiago.com, Facebook, Santiago State Rep, Instagram the same, and so is Twitter. So I really look forward to hearing from you, and I'm hoping that you help me get to Harrisburg. That's Enid Santiago, candidate for the 134th Legislative District in the Democratic primary running against incumbent Pete Schweier. Enid, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you for having me. And everyone, please have a blessed day. Happy belated Mother's Day to any mothers out there. Thank you, Enid Santiago, candidate for the 134th Legislative District, the primary election on Tuesday. Stay with us. I'm your host, Alan Jennings, on the Jennings Report, WDIY. Stick around for my final thoughts. Psst! Did you know that your phone is a radio? You can tune in to WDIY anywhere on the go with WDIY's phone app. Download for free from the Apple or Google Store and your phone will become your trusted radio. The easy-to-use app lets you listen to WDIY on your phone live and access your favorite music shows on demand. Download and share the WDIY app with your friends and family and introduce them to many choices, real voices. The following thoughts and opinions do not necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of WDIY, its affiliates, and or its staff, members, and volunteers. 
Welcome back to the Jennings Report on WDIY, and here are my final thoughts. Here's how it works. You vote. They count the votes. The one with the most votes wins. When people look at power in America and they see it as the exclusive domain of wealthy white men, they're essentially correct. But how do they make it work? There aren't that many of them. If you start with women who have every right to expect equal pay for equal work, sympathy for the cost of child care, and protection from sexual assault, you're already at about 50% of the population, actually better than 50% of the population. Add in people of color. People are gay, lesbian, bisexual. Add poor people, each of whom have one vote, just like the fat cats, and baby, we've got sea change, a veritable revolution. But that isn't how it works. The right has been extraordinarily successful at gaining outsized support for their agenda that takes food out of the mouths of babes, ignores historic disparities in public education based on where one lives and therefore how much money they have, and ignores the inability of growing numbers of people to own or even rent a home they can afford. It's an agenda that they have skillfully maneuvered into place, attacking progress on multiple fronts. They sell their agenda far better than liberals do, convincing many of the aforementioned constituencies to vote against their own best interests. The right can count. They have to know that their numbers can't be sustained. There simply aren't enough votes to be had among that white male cohort, and the trend isn't going their way. And so as desperation and panic take over, their tricks multiply, harassing and intimidating voters, as exemplified by Lehigh County District Attorney Jim Martin, restricting options for voting like mail-in ballots, and Mr. Martin's concern that someone might drop off a ballot as a favor for an ailing mother, and the exaggerated use of the filibuster, a fundamentally anti-democratic tool to kill legislation. If you want to get more Latinos in elected office, or if you are black or brown and you have tired of being the victim of discrimination, or you're gay or lesbian and finally have gained rights and protections that only five years ago were a pipe dream, or if you are standing knee-deep in rainwater in your basement and want someone to deal honestly with the disaster that is climate change, or if you are a woman who is offended by the right's belief that you are not qualified to make decisions about one of the most private issues you might ever confront with your OBGYN, or if you simply want to read classic children's stories in your classroom, you better get registered, get educated about what the candidates are telling you, and then vote. Vote with a passion. Vote with your friends, their parents, their friends, and their parents. Your next chance to do just that is coming in just a few days. Strut right on past the Pinkerton thugs Jim Martin is hiring. Tip your cap. Recite a verse of Gil Scott Heron's The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. And drop off that ballot, knowing you just joined the revolution. Vote. Because in voting, there is power. And those are my final thoughts. I want to thank James Johnson. He's the news director here. He makes this show work, and he has to clean up a lot of my stuff, and I'm grateful to him for that. You're listening to WDIY, the award-winning WDIY. I'm Alan Jennings. This is the Jennings Report. Thanks for listening. I hope you join us next month. We're going to talk politics again. WDIY is Lehigh Valley Public Radio at 88.1 FM, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
For more local news and information, public affairs, and links to NPR programs, visit our website, WDIY.org. WDIY Lehigh Valley Public Radio, your trusted local NPR member station for over 25 years. Many choices, real voices.